In a world where negativity, toxicity, and hatred runs rampant, two superheroes. What? Oh, not superheroes? So like two regular heroes? Not even regular heroes? Just two dudes? Sure, whatever. It's your script. Two nerds who are sick of toxic fandom have made it their goal to rid the world of negativity one hour at a time. Welcome back to Poptimistic. I am your dominatrix of Poptimism, Brent, and with me as always, I have my lovely subordinate or beta male, <laughs> Anthony. My name is Anthony. We've got an exciting show for you today. We're going to talk about some uh, some fun stuff. We have two weeks of shit. Two Brent. weeks worth two of weeks. content to talk about. Can you believe we took a week off? What is wrong with us? Uh, we're old and so get true. tired easily. <laughs> I mean, story of my life, but whatever. Yeah, it's worse now that I'm old. Well, Anthony, what what are you? Uh, what's bringing you joy lately, my dude? Oh my god, last two so weeks. Many things. Okay, so I'm wondering if we maybe make a whole episode out of this at some point. But uh, we've been watching just an absolute ton of true crime lately. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like weirdly enough, true crime could be a optimistic subject because it's not. It's not the general sort of thing you do to feel good about yourself. Like, I definitely, like, felt like shit watching some of this. Right. But for some reason, it's just so interesting. We watched a couple of things, and honestly, I really feel like maybe next week we can dive into true crime if that's your thing. I know you're into true crime, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a no. My, my, well, no, my only, like, issue with it is just uh, that you, you run across a lot of people that kind of have, like, this glorification of said murderers and i think that's where that's where it gets iffy my favorite ones are either the i I like a good story so i like you know the whodunits yeah but i really like the ones that take the time to not glorify the murders but like tell a good story or like honor the victims i guess yes sort of yeah and i'm gonna name a couple of them that i think do a really good job of that we we started with this uh son of sam hunting a killer i think it's called on netflix yeah it's really yeah it was just like it took the time out like every single one it has like interviews from family members and stuff like just like the impacts of this kind of thing it doesn't really glorify it so much as it's the hunt for right glorifies almost the hunt we then transitioned into emerald had never seen making a murderer Uh, That, that one i've seen that is very good Yes. I mean, obviously, it's such an interesting story because it's so divisive on whether or not Steve did it, but no one believes Brendan did it. <laughs> yeah. It's so obvious. Uh, so she got so upset because, like, Brendan is obviously innocent and just this slow kid who just got pushed into something. And even I, everyone's like, well, if you read the transcript, I read the transcript. He's fucking innocent. You're, yeah. you're just making shit up left and right. You just want <laughs> to feel good about yourself that you, you're on the the team of justice it's like no you're actually not (laughs) and then we moved into a new one on netflix called night stalker which was a lot here's the thing about this one it's really 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 good but it's also it i don't know here's here's I'm, i'm really on the fence because it's extremely gratuitous it shows horrific like it does not shy away from the blood gore crime scene photos 
it just blurs out like titties while there's just a d- dead bloody body like it oh, is yeah. really disgusting but here's i here's why i'm like on the fence about it like on one side it's fucking terrible like it's it's it makes you feel like shit watching it and except for the part like you also are in it you feel how terrified LA was in the time that like the Night Stalker was around and it doesn't glorify it's actually showing in a weird way showing the gratuitous awful images is a way of saying this isn't romanticized yeah this is just awful yeah it's terrible so I don't know I had I had a lot of mixed feelings about that one but the but the thing I came out of it with like in fact there was actually like this time when they were glorifying the hunt as well, and they had this incredible 80s synth song happening, and I was like, whoa, this is a banger. And I don't know, that coming out of Night Stalker, I was like 50-50 because obviously I don't want victims to feel more victimized by the pieces about them. Right. So, you know, if they're dead, they don't have a, an opinion, but still the people around them yeah. that were affected by this. I don't know. I, I think all I can say coming out of it was that it affected me and it really shook me to the core. So I think that was kind of part of the point, right? Yeah. Is to not glorify, but to be like, this is, you feel how bad this is. So right. I don't know. I That one is, that one's for people who are tr- truly have a uh, stomach of steel. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of what we've been going. I have some other stuff, but like, let's just move on. We have a big episode today, so we're going to have to move on. Um, what is bringing you joy, Brent? Uh, I've been listening to lots of podcasts again lately. Some old, some new. Um, but the two that I've been listening to the most, which I know I've talked about this one with you quite quite a few times, um, How Did This Get Made, which is oh, yeah. a bad movie podcast with um, yes. Paul Shear, June Dion Raphael, and Jason Manzukis. And they are just a, a comedy trio of gold, and I love yes. listening to that. They just their most recent episode because they normally do like they do a lot of like live episodes when COVID's yeah. not happening. Yeah, it was mostly live, right? Uh, yeah, it seems like for the majority of they started doing live. So the way they've been doing those since since COVID is they've been doing like Zoom sessions and stuff, and sure. then. Like we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Twitch and stuff like that to where they can oh. have people watch them. Their most recent one they did was Lawnmower Man 2. And <laughs> man, is it fun to listen to. And then the other other podcast, which I've, I think I've listened to this one for like a little over a year now. But it's called This Paranormal Life. And it's, uh, it's a comedy paranormal podcast. So it's two British. I think they're British. They're either British or like there's some sort of pretty accent boys they talk about paranormal events paranormal cases and they dive into it and then at the end they decide if they think it actually happened or not and it's hilarious they are they are very very funny that's kind of cool i love I, I love it because i think i i don't know i'm not i'm not huge into paranormal stuff really but the first yeah. time i listened to this it was just like oh my gosh this is this is amazing here let me um i want to read you some of the the title episodes uh, the Ghost of Mongoose. Uh, Britney Spears is a clone is one of the ones what? they did. Um, oh, I remember that conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they had one that was really, really good. It was like... Wait, did they do one on uh, Hannah Montana is uh, an imposter? Not that I know of. Okay, that was a conspiracy theory. I figured it would be up their alley. Uh, Satan's Ten Commandments of the Illuminati. Um, <laughs> wow, that's really combining three separate large topics. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, but it's it's super it's super good and it's super funny. Like they're both very very funny. I highly recommend 
anyone listen to it because I like I said I, I didn't think I was going to be into it when my friend recommended it because I was like not really into paranormal stuff that much right. but oh my god is it hilarious they're so funny the legend okay. of the lizard man was one they did this year they've got oh that's yeah. beautiful and they, they do weekly episodes so they've always got okay. stuff coming out listen to it I haven't had a lot of time to watch watch to listen to podcasts that I've just been circling around the same old shit just McElroy Brothers and uh, Dungeons and Daddies I feel like I need to branch out but every time I branch out I just go man I was, wish I was listening to Dungeons and Daddies right now <laughs> <laughs> I know how that is though because I, I think for a, for a long time the only podcast I was listening to was Critical Role and I, yeah. I like I love podcasts so I love listening to all kinds of podcasts but I, I stopped myself from like branching out and listening to other stuff but I mean it happens I yeah. honestly I think you would really enjoy this paranormal life I think you should oh, I'm sure. should listen to some at one point. And they're only, I already, like, it, I think some of the episodes are a little bit shorter, but they're usually about 45 minutes, and they're, it's it's just fun. It's a fun listen. Yeah. I already love the name because of PBS is This American yeah, Life. Yeah, yeah. That's so, <laughs> on the list of excellent podcast names. So this week, we're going to just dive right in because we got a big one for you. We're going to list, we're going to talk about and sort of list our top five TV shows of all time. It's such a big topic that I can't believe we're kind of just tackling it. But like, we could maybe do like granular breakdowns later because we're weekly. So this was way more difficult than I thought it was going to be because I, I, I would That's text a, you I had to, and I was I like, "Are we going to do? Are we going to do top five? And uh, I mean, honestly, yeah. I could have done. I have an honorable mention section. Oh, same. That's, we could just list them off. Do we want to do first? Just do honorable mentions. Yeah, let's start just with honorable out of the mentions. Way. Yeah, sure. Okay. So people Go know. Ahead. So people know what's up. How many do you have on your honorable mentions? One, two, three, four, five, six. I think I have eight. Yeah, I was just let's yeah, just I've got eight. Them. Good God. Let's go back and forth. Okay, uh, Firefly. Oh God, damn! That should have been on mine. Okay, <laughs> uh, Arrested Development. Oh, that should have been on mine. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> um, Fargo. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing about Fargo is I love it, but I don't think it would even make my top twenty. It's just because of a couple reasons, but I, I absolutely love that show. Oh, well, now I'm intrigued. I want to know what your reasons are, but we'll save that for another time. Uh. Uh, Mr. Robot. I've never seen Mr. Robot. Oh, you would love it. Oh, my God. It is an absolute delight of storytelling. Okay, fair enough. It just took me, like, it, it, it starts a little slow. Like, it's cool, and you like it, but it's, and it starts a little slow, but it's one of those things where it takes a season to hook you, but by the end of that season, you're absolutely fucking enthralled. Interesting. Like, you're absolutely deep into it all the way to the end, and it's so well-crafted. Anyways, do you feel like you can do a full pitch me at the end of the show? Sure could. Cool, perfect. Um, Merlin. Never saw it, but I heard it was really... Isn't that the one with Sam Neill? I don't know who Sam Neill is. Uh, guy from Jurassic Park, the first one. Hugh Grant, or not Hugh Grant, Alan Grant from the first Jurassic Park. Oh, Are you, no, I don't think okay, so. never mind that. Um, it's a different it's, show I'm thinking of. This is a BBC, like, low-budget oh. uh, Merlin. So, you know, uh, King Arthur and Merlin show. Yeah. It's... I, I didn't tell my wife this was going to be on my list because she would have... Um, she would have been like, I knew you liked that show because I, I complain about it every time that we watch it because uh, it's got like just like the worst CGI and like <laughs> some of the acting is kind of bad, but it's so fun to watch for some reason. And I think it's just because I like that that like time period and the whole story of all of it. Oh, but it's I love it. We should do it like a top five like Merlin and Knights of the Round Table oh, like, yeah. adaptation. Hell yeah. Okay. Great, yeah. actually. Okay. Uh, next one, Chernobyl for me. Um, I haven't seen that yet. It's a limited series. Right. Uh, just in, just 
incredible. And that's why when we're talking about The Last of Us TV show, the guy who wrote and directed, or not wrote and directed, but like show ran Chernobyl is doing Last of Us. And that's, I'm like so in it. You have to watch Chernobyl to get how good it is. It's it's a terrifying, terrifying show. Breaking Bad. Yep, that was literally next on mine. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Mad Men. Oh, I should have had that on here too. Uh, Yeah, yeah, beautiful show. 24. Uh, Okay, (laughs) I'll do that. That's my number six. I couldn't, okay, for one reason alone, I couldn't put it in my top five. It's literally, it should be in my top five. I watched that show so many times. I've watched every single season several times. But what I'm realizing now is the reason why I can't put it in my top five, it's my number six, is because it is such a product of the 2000s that like it has one hour episodes, 24 hours in a season, and it's super narrative to the point where you can't just pick an episode and watch it. You really have to experience it from like start to finish, or at least do it in certain chunks. So it really isn't something I can go and revisit easily, and that, for that reason alone, is out of my top five. But let me tell you, I was—it's actually one of the reasons I moved out to LA because I found out they were doing that twelve-hour like live another day. Yeah. And I moved out and tried my hardest to get on that set, and I didn't obviously. But that was one of my reasons for moving out to LA when I did was trying to be on Twenty Four because I loved that show. Oh, Jack Bauer, just like come on. Oh man, and I met a guy named Marco, and he's such a good dude. And he told me stories about hanging out with Kiefer Sutherland. He like was just drinking buddies with Kiefer Sutherland, and Sutherland, by the way, hungover as fuck every <laughs> single day he like <laughs> shot. So he was telling me about how they'd go out and party till like 3 a.m., get like blackout drunk, like they'd paint each other's fingernails, and then in the morning like makeup would be pissed off at him because they'd have to like cover, or take off the. the <laughs> The like pink nail polish, and then he would literally be doing like a scene where he's like yelling at someone. He's like, "Where's the where the where's the weapon?" You know, <laughs> and then he'd go and like throw up off camera because he's so hungover. <laughs> so he was just telling me about this, and he, and Marco's such a good dude. I don't want to out him like that, but um, I really miss that guy, and I want to hang out with him. So yeah, twenty four. I'm so there with you. I want to party with Kiefer Sutherland now. You really can't. Oh, yeah. And then um, just my last honorable mention, and then we already did my number six, but mine is Whitest Kids You Know. I just wanted to throw in there a sketch show. I haven't watched Whitest Kids You Know in forever. Yeah, they really came back a little bit because they're now sort of re... They're coming coming back and doing a lot of YouTube stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of fun. Like, I just miss their dynamic. I went back and rewatched a ton of their episodes, like, a month or two ago, and I was just... I was reminded how sitting in my home and just loving that sketch comedy. And I actually started writing sketch comedy with my friend uh, to try and capture that. We never did. They're, just <laughs> They're so good. They are so good. Um, so I have, anyways. I have two more honorable mentions. Okay, go ahead. Um, the Office. Yes. Because it's, yeah. it's one of my favorite running comedies. That it, It's so easy to pick up any episode and watch. It's one of those shows that like if we see that it's just on a channel, like on TBS or anything, we're like, oh, we're just going to yep. watch that episode real quick. Yep. It's one of those things that you, you can't pull yourself away from. And Wait, let me interject. So The Office isn't in my list for one reason. And it's because I weighted my list with nostalgia. I, I waited it with nostalgia. And I also waited it with sort of the mainstream appeal. Like The Office is like the most liked show so i kind of wanted to shy away from that to like shine a light on other stuff but fair go ahead i my list oh well we'll get there my um and then the last one for me was uh mandalorian because i it didn't make my my top five but it's so good 
It's to so me, good. all of my favorite shows of all time have to have ended. They have to have had some sort of an end because I really factor in. For instance, I could say Game of Thrones seasons one through maybe five, <laughs> but like that is not a show. The show in as a whole kind of has to come together as a cohesive piece for me. Interesting. And for me, it's like I consider I consider Game of Thrones a great show and I just uh, don't think about the last season. But also, I just don't care if it, like if a show hasn't ended yet. That it doesn't really bother me. So some of the, I'm looking at my list. There's a uh, I think three out of my five have not ended yet. Oh, oh, so. OK. That's totally fine. So we're taking two different approaches. I yep. like that, actually. Um, all right. Do you want to start? Or do I want to start? Oh, I, oh, I don't know. Let's see what my cat thinks. Lily, who should start? Okay, flip the cat, and if she lands on her feet, you start. <laughs> oh, wait. I can start if you want me to start. I don't yeah, care. go ahead. So, really number five has ended. Uh, and it's funny, because I wasn't even originally like thinking about putting this on my, my list. And then my I was talking to my wife, because I was like, I don't know which one's going to be number five on my list. And I told her, I was like, I don't know if it's going to be Firefly. I don't know if it's going to be Fargo, which all made honorable mentions. And then she said something random about like the theme song of a show. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot about one of my favorite shows. And that is Parks and Recreation. I love Parks and Recreation. I don't know. I mean, you've seen Parks and Rec, I'm assuming. Uh, It's number three. Ah! <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> well, perfect. Well, let's, we'll hold off and we'll talk about it when we get to three then. Oh, okay, cool. We can do that. So my number five is Futurama. <laughs> that's, oh, uh, boy. That's Let my number four. Uh, <laughs> well, we can talk about uh, Futurama then right now. Perfect. Um, despite, and, and you know, I just said about endings. It's yeah. funny because they had about three. Yeah, right? seriously. So, <laughs> to be fair, they had a lot of really good endings, actually. Oh, yeah. And the, and the thing is, they also kept up their, uh, uh, so how Family Guy stopped, started, the quality was not as high. Yeah. Uh, Futurama stopped and started, and the quality has always been high. Agreed. I think they were innovative in a couple different ways. They made science cool and funny, and they made it real yeah. and not just make stuff up. I don't know, man. There's, I mean, we could gush about Futurama, but please tell me your thoughts. The, all the characters are completely unique and yes. just like on a on another level of like funny. Like uh, each one has their own like little quirk quirks. Fry has probably like. For a cartoon character, in my opinion, one of the most like emotional journeys. Yeah. Um, and seeing like because seeing him go from the past to the future, and then there's the all the stuff with like his dog, and there's oh, just the I, I don't know. It's so good because the show has so many like layers and depths of emotionality to it. Yep. I it's just so good. That's one of my favorite things about it is it's able to make you laugh a ton and care. And then it'll fucking hit you with an episode like Jurassic Bark, which yep. is iconically sad. Yep. But then it also hits you with other episodes. Like, um, for instance, the episode when he is jealous of his brother because his brother kept stealing things from him. Yes. And then it turns out he named and he thought he took his name, too. But it turns out he named his kid after his brother who disappeared. Oh, my God. It's just they have these absolutely beautiful moments. It's I think it's one of the I might be the only like TV show cartoon that's ever made me like like cry because of like episodes yeah. like that where it's like mm -hmm. these deeply personal like emotional moments about family or 
Um, yeah. It's funny how, how the pet one is is so hard-hitting, too, but it's like, I think everyone yeah, has had well, a pet at some point in their life, and they totally totally feel those feelings. Yeah, that moment of loyalty where yeah. they to stick around. Oh, oh it's so good. I don't even want to think about it. It's so sad. Uh, but also, there's an episode that was a little underrated, I think. He goes back in time? Question mark? Or I don't remember, it might have been a simulation, but he, like, talks to his mom. Yep. And I don't really remember the exact dialogue, but it was it was like they they swing around back to like how his parents kind of don't care. But then for a moment, his mother mother just has like a moment with them. And it was really cathartic. And just they just bring these like beautiful moments. And especially like with the increasingly outlandish romantic situations between him and Leela, <laughs> yeah. they still manage to take some ridiculous and out there science science fiction concepts and then make it beautiful like. Yeah, with, like, time travel and stuff. They just really, I don't know, go out of their way to be smart, funny, sad. Well, and it's funny, too, because, like, you can go on Reddit and find all these people that, like, fact-checked the science on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And they're like, this is all accurate. Like, the math on the yep. on the whiteboards and stuff is all accurate. Uh-huh. Like, I, I don't know. I love stuff like that. Like, they clearly have done enough research on stuff to know what they're talking about, know what they're writing about, and to make it... Yeah. Uh, just real enough but i i love well, that show it's they straight up wrote a new i don't remember what they called it but it was a, some sort of new formula to solve a problem that they narratively created which was when people were swapping brains oh yeah they could only swap brains once like that whole formula that they wrote was something that they wrote in the writer's room and like did the calculus on like they're so they, and think they're also phds in like math or some shit like they're smart people Anyways. Who, okay, so, wait. Who's your who's your favorite character in that show? Oh, uh, that's a hard one. Um, it's probably between Zoidberg or like for laughs, probably Zoidberg. Yeah. I would say. What about you? Um, I think Bender is probably my favorite. Oh well, of course, yeah. I'm Bender's sorry, Bender. so funny. Yeah. And he has some of the iconic. just like the best one-liners and. Yep. But even and even Bender with his. Uh, you know, very non-emotional kind of just assholishness has yeah. like uh, sweet and tender moments with Fry and stuff. And you're like, yeah. oh, this is nice. This whole best friend dynamic. But all the characters are good. Like uh, I was watching an episode the other day and I, I always forget how, how funny Amy is. Some of the stuff that Amy says is oh, yeah. so funny. But I mean, yeah, a lot that, of that, that passed over my head when I was like watching oh, it for sure. you know, as a teenager. For sure. I, I think some of it is just ingrained deeply. Like my friend used to say whenever something mildly sad happened or like mildly like frustrating, he would just say, Ah, to shreds, you say. Like, it's just everything just ingrained. I don't know. Or, uh, uh, good news, everybody. Yeah. Like, it's just so iconic. It's so Such good. an iconic show. So good. Um, Cool. Well, we can move on to, what was, you had a number four, I think? Number four was Futurama. Yeah, so. Oh, Futurama. Sorry. So we'd be on your number four then. Because okay, my, my number, number yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. All over the place. I'm going to go with You're the Worst. Speaking of, I mean, I guess I kind of lumped them in together, but it is really funny and really sad sometimes. Yeah. And it's really poignant. You've seen that show, I assume. Uh, I've only seen a couple episodes. <gasps> which You have to watch it all the way through. Perfect. Especially as someone who suffers from depression. Yeah. It, it talks about a lot of really serious subjects. And sometimes it, I really enjoy shows and franchises. Like I was talking about how WandaVision is sort of a, you know, new freaky weird thing for them to do in this franchise yeah they took the time out to do different things for instance there's one episode uh done from one character's point of view that is an incredible look at ptsd so 
they do one episode that's like fun, like it's hijinks on one side, and then like it switches to sort of another character's point of view, and it's really sad and really just kind of breaks your heart, and you see how this character's suffering, and it's PTSD, and yeah. it's just really well done. And they in fact go to the go to the lengths that they actually in fiction shoot an eight millimeter like short film silent short film with like clown makeup on but it like means something and it's so out there like you you watch this like sitcom that like once in a while talks about like you know mental illness like there's some sad moments and then they out of nowhere have this episode that just blows you away is a is in a beautiful like depiction of ptsd and then also does art inside of it it's so weird yeah, they really just do that a couple times. They have episodes that are out of nowhere, but they're beautiful. Uh, the uh, the show as a whole is antithetical to the sitcom sort of concept, but it just is done so well. And I really, I'm like itching to rewatch it actually. And I'm trying not to. It's on Hulu, you, isn't it? Yeah, it's on Hulu. It's like Ooh. two people who are terrible people who sh- who are like who like find peace together, but also know that it's probably going to end. And that's the concept. So right. then they have excellent friends around them. One of one of the funniest fucking characters on TV is one of the friends' husband, and he's just—I don't remember his name, like the actor. But he, when you watch him, he's like this redhead. He's just—he's a doctor, and he just says and does the most ridiculous shit, and just comes in, yells something hilarious, and like walks out. And it's so—it's so pristine. I can't. So highly recommend. Interesting. That was a pitch me. Turn to me into turn to me a pitch me. Good. I'm making a need to watch list. Um, oh, good. As we go through this episode, so. <laughs> Well, we're on to your four, which I believe, or three, which I believe was Parks and Rec. No, Let's do Parks and no, Rec. my five oh. was Parks and Rec. Oh, right. That was my three. So that's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we're saying four, three. No, let's do Parks and Rec, and then we'll take a little breaky break. Sounds good. Do you want to kick off Parks and Rec? Because I've been talking a lot. <laughs> Parks and Rec for me was, I mean, because it, you know, it came out after The Office. The final season had like maybe like the last two episodes were like a little weird, but. Other than that, I've, I love almost every episode of that show. Like, I don't think there's many that I'm like, I just didn't like that one. Um, yeah. The dynamics of all the characters, like having happily, happy, bubbly Leslie Nope and then um, Ron as, as like the, the person that she works with on a daily basis. I love their relationship. I love all the relationships that you see form in the show. Um, mm-hmm. Like seeing April and Andy coming together eventually um seeing the introduction of ben i think ben and leslie are one of my favorite my favorite couples for television just like yeah 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 i i think also one of the reasons i because i I really like like i said i like all all the seasons all the episodes i think are a delight they're all very funny they're all well written but i i think i started enjoying the show more after they brought ben in ben and chris no i think that's that's a pretty popular viewpoint yeah because they knew they had to to retool the show just a little bit oh for sure well and for me ben was kind of a a relatable character in the fact that he's so nerdy and like i love that he has like the the little parts where he'll like talk about like game of thrones or something and then i love how much shit he gets for it like i love how much aziz like kind of like bullies him and stuff i love that he was like an outsider Oh, yeah. City, which also was why he was relatable, because suddenly we had that, like, uh, gym yeah. to be like, is anybody else seeing what's happening yeah. around me? Like, what? Like, the, going <laughs> like then the he fact, becomes part of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, the fact that he doesn't get uh, the little Sebastian thing at all. He's like, it's yeah. just a oh, little so pony. Um, <laughs> I think when he makes cones of Dunshire, like I loved all of that shit. The the treat yourself episode where he his treat to himself yes. as he buys that Batman costume and yeah. then he's crying in it. Like it's just <laughs> all good. And the, that's another show where the characters like there's just a bunch of good characters and even like the mm-hmm. even the smaller roles what is it sewer sewer suitation joe or whatever isn't it the guy oh from, right yeah. yeah i love him i think he does a great job hey, everyone in it is is hilarious though um, yeah chris pratt jam I mean, come on like jam oh my god jam yes you've been jammed <laughs> there's just so much there's so many good characters the writing for all of them is excellent and all of them are just so well executed and it's like yeah that's one of those shows that it's really fun to watch the bloopers and the behind the scenes stuff because you get to see how much fun they're all having together and oh i know it just translates so well into what they were creating and i i i could watch that show over and over and over again i know i've watched (laughs) it from start to end at least at least 10 times like it's so good and it's it is it's another one that's got some good emotional episodes too where you're like i did not expect to get emotional during this oh yeah that's i i think so this to me is the the, this show is the peak of what i call sort of the genre that is good people doing good things which Mm. is like michael mike shore basically created it's like the office started it um it was like trying to be pure it like went from one thing to sort of trying to be happy and you know positive and then he went and did parks and rec and i think it took a little bit to get there like the first season is pretty rocky but i mean i watch it; it's still a banger but it's just not what it it's not the peak form of that show right. obviously they need to retool it they knew what had to happen and they changed leslie from being sort of overbearing to like overbearing in a fun way like they ch- they changed they retooled almost everything because they knew what they wanted and they said look we want to go for good people be doing good things yeah. and we want it to be a, a pure show so i think that was the peak of sort of that idea because like brooklyn 99 is amazing i love it it's another mike shore thing mm-hmm. it's all in that same genre kind of like the good place almost yeah um but uh which he also mike shore also went off to do um <clears throat> but i think that parks and rec is just the pinnacle of sort of that it's like like 90% of the humor is like not at someone's expense it's really like just some sort of character moments like yeah. uh and and I think that they really uh went out of their way to be positive and for me like you said the last season a couple weird episodes and I was a little unsure but what cemented the entire show for me was the last episode where they just like they always had these like moments of character things like I understand like they you would have those moments that you want friends to have with you which is I see directly into you mm-hmm. and I see you and I will do something for you that is uniquely yours like when like Leslie does stuff for Ron. It was like the, you know, the day thing for Ron and like the steak and the whiskey at the end, like just those beautiful little moments. And then they just did an entire episode of that going, look, we're going to be completely outlandish. We're not going to, this is not going to be like a realistic episode, but we're going to do the perfect ending for every character as their characters demand. They should be, we're not going to take realism into consideration. So that landed the plane for me. Like the last season was a little rocky up and down. By the way, I'm in an episode. I was on set. What? And that was one of those things I was so happy to do. Um, the episode where they are confronting uh, Mantzoukas, I forget his name. Um, uh, Dennis with Feinstein. Dennis Feinstein <laughs> at his cologne company. And there's like a uh, protest outside yeah. of the building. 
I was in the crowd. I also I was doing location work, so I was uh, ma- I was managing the building that they were at. So I had to manage them doing uh, uh, pouring like cologne on an odd aud- on like the protesters right. and stuff. But I snuck in. I snuck in during takes to the audit to because I was like I have to be in this. That's awesome. Um, so I watched. Uh, by the way, just on Insider, Manzukis makes up so many of his lines. Oh, I'm sure. Like he has them. He has them scripted. But he just goes and he just says the most ridiculous shit. He got up there and I think in the episode it's like wet like he says something like oh this this is my new perfume wet dog or something yeah but he just went off and he was like this is my perfume this is my new cologne is dog piss like and just like made up a bunch of shit and then they go okay do it do it scripted just so we have that take like you know (laughs) but he would go off man and it was so fun to watch and then i just like bumped into chris pratt like nice uh and i like by the way i i love chris pratt i think he's an amazing actor he has dead shark eyes Dead, dead shark eyes. He's got big, big voids where eyes should be. They have to light the heck out of his eyes to really get him alive. Um, But uh, I saw everybody. It was a dream come true. I just wanted to slip that in there. But um, the show as a whole is is one of my favorite shows of all time. I I think the most jealous I am of that story is that you got to see Jason Mantzoukas because he's like one of my favorite people. Like he's he was so funny. A show now that I wish I should have mentioned in honorable mentions was The League. Because he's in that and he plays Rafi. But. We just finished watching through the entire league because that's, like, I think uh, Emerald's favorite show. It's time, so one. funny. But anyways, um, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah. the Because you were kind of talking about the how they, they go for the positivity and there's not really, you know, like, a lot of comedy at someone's expense. The one person that has a lot of that comedy that's, that's targeted at him is Jerry. Um, yeah. And what I love about this, because in The Office they had Toby... And, you know, like, Toby gets a lot of shit and doesn't really seem to have anything, like, good happen yep. to him. What I love yes, about Jerry... he's the Toby. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about Jerry is that he has all of this, like, office negativity stuff pointed uh-huh. at him. But then at home, he's got, like, the hot wife and, like, he's just got this Two perfect, beautiful daughters. Yeah, this perfect yeah. family and stuff. And, like, yeah. nothing... And he, apparently he's, like, hung. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the doctor mentions multiple times how big his penis is. Like uh, He also, like, has enough money to, like, live for several generations, but he chooses to work instead. Yeah, like, and, like, <laughs> he, he vacations in the most bo- boring places and they give him shit yeah. for it. But it's... Even... That's kind of what I'm saying. Even if it's at the expense of the character, the writing comes back around to be positive. Yep. Like he's, he's the, doing all this because he loves it anyway. He's the happiest character yeah. in the show yep. throughout the entire thing, even though he gets the most shit. Oh, it's so good. He's, Speaking uh, of having uh, generations of money, I think we should <laughs> uh, go collect some to pass down to our future generation. Let's do it. Gotta pay for <laughs> Dylan's college. Yes, yeah, sure do. With fake Monopoly money. <laughs> hate having sex without condoms on but still want to get your wife pregnant where what <laughs> did that make sense at all no i think i'm following go ahead okay um <laughs> i don't know how to sell this uh <laughs> you can't cut any of this out i everything i want to say feels too aggressive <laughs> Do you uh, do you spend too much time poking holes in your condoms because you simply want the uh, luxurious latex feel, but you uh, are also trying? Does your wife hate the feel of your penis? <laughs>
Oh my god, that's a better approach. Go with it. <laughs> we'll try again. Here we go. Does your significant other hate the feel of your penis, but still want to try to get pregnant? Yeah, she says it's like sandpaper. Do you spend too much time putting holes in condoms just to... Uh, God, so much time spent on just poking <laughs> holes. God. Well, now, just for you. Holy condoms. Toe. Ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> Not for her. Not for hers. <laughs> this is a weird one. Um, <laughs> you'll be able to satisfy your wife. Because she won't have to feel you. And you'll be able to make that sweet, sweet baby. Wow. That was a rough one. That was a rough one from start to finish. All right. So your frat bros and you have now settled in for the night. You've hung over the toilet and vomited up. And now you're now you're just waiting for your drunk friend to go to sleep. Well, now you have in the club uh, a a drunk boys uh sleepy time book uh it's got pictures if they're if they're awake enough but really you just read you know uh it's just like one or two lines a page it's really easy to read if you're drunk already right so it's like includes things like um oh i already blew my good title into club club. um (laughs) uh titles like frat 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 boys for life uh by shell silverstein and um, feel free to chime in with one, Brent. Shots and hose. Uh, <laughs> classic frat boy bedtime stories. Like sure. smack that ass and... Or the taking tree. <laughs> the taking tree. <laughs> uh, some of the stories are just rap lyrics remade into short stories. <laughs> But you can, uh, it's now out for, uh, there's an audiobook version now too, actually, which is what we're really doing this for. It's read by 50 Cent, which is uh, <laughs> just a real treat <clears throat> for your. <laughs> There'll be multiple versions done. Uh, there's going to be some where a drunk Morgan Freeman reads them as well, because he's got a <laughs> soothing voice. What would that sound like, Brent? Drunk Morgan Freeman? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I. In the club, <laughs> as read by Morgan me, Freeman, Freeman uh, Morgan. That was so bad. <laughs> I liked it. It was a great, great impression. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, finally this week, uh, we wanted to bring up the Special Olympics. Uh, they can't really participate right now, uh, obviously, <laughs> with, you know, congregations you know, being limited and all, but uh, I've been supporting the Special Olympics for about two years now. Uh, I think it's an excellent organization. Uh, it's backed up by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is uh, an amazing man. Um, uh, I signed up to be a supporter two years ago, just doing 25 bucks a month. Like, it's really easy. Uh, it's It's just such a phenomenal opportunity for so many individuals that can't find community maybe um or you know they just are able to get out there and be their their best selves um and it's an opportunity to just uh uplift people who don't have those kinds of things that you and i take for granted um and it's something to look forward to something just beautiful for uh people with disabilities um 
And I just, uh, it was something close to Emerald's heart. She works with uh, kids with special needs. And so I just decided that uh, I would kind of pick that torch up as well. Uh, so yeah, Poptimistic this week uh, endorses the Special Olympics. Um, oh. There's a, They do a lot of good work and it's really easy to become a sponsor. Um, and you can do it for cheap too. So it's, you know, just a couple bucks goes a long way, especially right now when they're just trying to hold the organization together. Um, and they're planning for post-COVID activities. So hopefully that'll pick up. And uh, yeah, thanks for your listening time on that. Uh, Yeah, just really excited about that. And uh, I've always kind of been a fan. Yeah. I also just watched The Ringer, by the way. Um, Oh, Ringer's so Which was really fun. (laughs) But the whole time I was like, is this, I was like, is this at their expense? But it wasn't really. I wouldn't say it is. I think that, no, um, I do wish they'd used more actual disabled actors because there were a couple in there. I was like, I know you, yeah. you're not. <laughs> but um, I watched behind the scenes and Johnny Knoxville and um, several of the disabled. Um, I don't know if that's the right word for it, uh, but disabled actors. Um, uh, were, it, they look like they're having a great time. So I don't know. Maybe watch that movie yeah. and give 20 bucks. That'd be amazing. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Uh, and... Uh, if you want to give us any challenges for ads, by the way, you can find us uh, on Twitter at pop uh, underscore Timistic. That's right. Pop underscore Timistic. Nail. Tomistic. Oh, my God. The first time. First try. <clears throat> so you can give us challenges. Obviously, these ads are made up. Um, we challenge each other each week with something that we think of. Um, so feel free to challenge us on that. And also give us light the candle stuff. Yes. Because we got to light some candles. Uh, we have a lot of movies coming out that I think we can sort of uh, look at. But... We would love some ideas from you guys. Anything. Give us anything to light a candle on. It doesn't have to just be like a movie. If you want to do yeah. TV show, music, we'll find a way to do it. I'm not going to light a candle on poking holes in condoms, though. That was yours. That was your fake ad. <laughs> I'm glad you had fun with that one. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> uh, and with that, we can go back to the show. Welcome back from our beautiful <laughs> ad break. Um, so last so we left off, we just talked about parks and recreation for a hot. Sure minute. did. Yeah, we were we were waiting on the edge of our seats that whole time, whole time. for Brent's number three. Number three. Um, so this is another show that is definitely still going on. Um, the Witcher and I. They only have one season out. Don't give a care. It's (laughs) one of the best seasons of television I've seen, in my opinion. Um, And I know a lot of people didn't like it. I know a lot of people thought, like, the timeline stuff was weird. A lot of people don't like the whole, like, freak of the week formula. Um, I loved it. From start to finish, (laughs) I loved it. You hear it? You hear I, that, people? Go fuck yourselves. Get, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> I loved the monsters. I loved the way that the show was executed. I loved looking at Henry Cavill's ass. Uh, oh, yeah. There, it is such a good show. The writing is a delight. The action. The You, you watched it, didn't you? Uh, I watched one episode. Are you... I, I I'm not gonna say I didn't like it. I just I just didn't watch the rest. Watch the rest. Okay. Just watch the rest, Anthony. Copy that. Now the end of the first episode <laughs> is when he's he kills all those dudes. Yeah. I don't remember. Oh my gosh. 
I may not have finished the episode. <sighs> well, either way, it's a great show. Uh, I'm glad you like it for the both of us. I'm not saying I don't like it. I just it I, sounds like you. I don't even remember. That's fine. I, all I'm saying is go back and watch it, or we're gonna have problems. Okay. Uh, you said Absolutely. to watch Invisible Man too, though. So I mean, you got a lot you need. To I do. know. you really well. That's that's a different issue. Watching the Invisible Man by myself is a problem. Well, <laughs> I don't. Big... I don't get why I'm gonna watch American Psycho. But won't watch. Well, we just kind of. She was like, she just said she'd never watch it, and I was like, oh my god, we have to. Like, it was some reason. Like, we were having a conversation, and it was like related to something. And I think her dad. I had told her dad to watch it, and he loved it. And so she was like, oh, I really wanted to watch. It. I was like, oh shit, I can watch that right now. It's so, good. so it just kind of was like a spur of the moment. No, it's fine. But... I mean, I get it. I just. Uh... <laughs> I'm super. It's sitting literally right here. I know. Right. You need to watch it. It's so good. But, anyways, uh, no, The Witcher is fantastic. I highly encourage you to watch it all the way through. Sure. Um, I know. I will. And I know that that kind of like fantasy stuff isn't really yo jam normally, but man. Yeah. It's good. There's. It's so good. And like, yes, gear gets introduced later. And you also didn't really like The Witcher games, though, did you? No, I think that was a bit of a different reason. It wasn't. I actually really liked a lot of the stories. Like the Red Baron quest was fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a famous one. But like, I, I loved all the writing and the story and stuff. But what got me about the games was the amount of fucking preparation for every fight. I had to like look at eight different potions and yeah. pop them, yeah. and then it was just like a fucking. I don't know. It was a drag for me. Oh, I just fair. I couldn't even get past. It took me like four times to get past like the first like griffin or whatever it was, the like flying oh, yeah. lion yep. thing. I I was like, never mind. I'm not gonna like this game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, all the actors are awesome. There's some some really good episodes just throughout the show. That I don't I don't think there's really one that I like super dislike. Um, so I I'd say give it give it a watch. Give yeah. it a full try. And if you're disappointed, I'll give you your money back. Oh, shit. That's awesome. I'll double up because we're on uh, Emerald's Parents' Netflix account. Ooh. So I'll make you pay me on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Wow. Okay. We're getting into the top twos then, huh? Yeah. Um, should I go or should you go? Well, Because we kind of switched it up because, because of, of parks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can go. You go. All right. Uh, so I had a lot of sort of back and forth, and this is sort of where I think nostalgia sort of pot put this one towards the top, um, which is Battlestar Galactica. I've never seen it, and I oh. I just added it to my list on Netflix because I saw it was on there. Hell yeah. Um, i, I got to be honest. Even the CGI holds up like decently well for how old that show is. It's almost like 15 years old or something now. Uh, it's... <sighs> okay. So this is where I get into my science fiction. My science fiction is that I in, massively enjoy uh, science fiction that talks about politics, but it has incredibly good characters. The storylines have to be basically impeccable. And it kind of has to have an overarching, almost destiny feel to it. Like there's always these like, uh, I, 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 it's so weird because I'm an atheist, but I, I always thought about this. I love a good like supernatural or I love the idea that something is fated to be, I guess. It just feels like, in a story sense, like, oh, we're going somewhere. We're doing something. This all means something. Like, and when I mean that, I don't mean that in life, right? I mean that as, like, when I'm watching a story, I want to be on the edge of my seat. I want to know it's going somewhere. It means something. Every little 
thing, every uh, every character like moment means something. And for this show, it is, it, it's, this is kind of like, it's like the Breaking Bad in space and that like, it is heart wrenching. It's beautiful. It, but it adds on this whole other thing that it talks about modern society and and the failings of modern society and like capitalism, but not in like a preachy way at all. It's like these are very real moments for characters. Like, uh, for instance, they are they go into almost a mini civil war where the uh, like people who are sort of like they're on the run from Cylons, right? But these people that are stuck like shoveling literally coal, like trying to like make the fleet work, like one season in they're like burnt out like months and months and months of just like of like manual labor and working and like really like but it's for a cause because everybody is about like they're oh at any moment could die like right so the even these characters who are in the like coal mines almost literally are uh you know they're correct like they shouldn't be working like this they need time like they need whatever they need water they need like real human things but then the military has to come down and be like if you take one day off we all fucking die it's it's so it's such i don't know and that's just one small storyline and it's it's i don't know so gorgeous i just love all the characters <sighs> they just do it so well and it's also uh one of those things where like breaking bad their writing style they didn't plan out an ending yeah. at all. Neither did Breaking Bad. Right. Um, all they did was reread the scripts over and over and be like, who are these characters? Like literally when Ron Moore, the, the showrunner who wrote the end, the final episode, put on his whiteboard, he just said, who are the characters? Follow that. That's it. That's That's what the series finale needs to do. And it was... One of the best thing, like I think it's pretty divisive. Actually, people didn't like how it ended. At least some of them. There's, I have one problem with one scene at the very end, which is just literal angels having an exposition talk, and it was like, yeah, I was like, mm, you didn't need this, right? But they also, they also, I think needed it. Like the studio was like, you need something to wrap it up, but like you didn't really need it. In fact, you don't need to watch it to get the gist of what happened. So, I just, I cannot gush enough about like how real the 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 world feels um, how like the drama is so well done. It all feels, I don't know, man, you just ride this roller coaster from beginning to end. And even though they didn't know where it was going at any one time, they basically just it made it better because every turn they're like, what's the worst thing that could happen here? Even if we write ourselves into a corner, what's the worst thing that could happen to right. a character here? And that makes it better because then they have they have to think about it harder. They have to get their character out or not. Yeah. They also just like are ruthless with their fucking character. It's so good. Some of my favorite characters of all time, like um, I almost said Desmond from Lost, but like <laughs> the dude literally looks like him. But... Dr. Gaius Baltar is probably one of the most incredible story arcs I've ever watched. He goes so many different places from beginning to end and is a completely different person in like, I don't mean literally, but like, you know, how you change throughout your life. This person changes throughout the series and it's and the, the actor who portrays it is in fucking incredible down to the point of like these moments of weakness, these moments of manicness, like. Uh, it's just, I don't know, man. It It's so good. There's just so many good things. And, and Adama is beautiful. Every single time I watch the uh, last episode, there's an a, incredible moment, just a small touching moment. I always cry every single time. I've watched it like five times. It just is so, so beautiful. I don't know. Interesting. Just, I highly recommend well, it. Well, 
You have to watch. Glad it. I added it to my list on Netflix then. Good. It's only like four seasons. Oh, that's easy. That's an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyways, I almost made myself cry talking. I, I try to avoid spoilers, but like thinking about it in my mind, I'm like, oh my god, the images are just <laughs> almost overwhelming. My number two, and this is a show I know you've seen. Ooh. Um, but my wife is watching it for the first time, and it's kind of... <gasps> oh, I love when that happens! <laughs> it's kind of uh, perfect timing, because hopefully the new season will be out uh, soon. We are on season two now of Peaky Blinders. Ooh! Um, I love Peaky Blinders. I remember watching the first season at my old crappy apartment in Fort Collins and falling in love with it and being like, I need to buy a suit and one of those hats. <laughs> I, it's just so good. Um, Cillian Murphy is one of the best actors of our generation. Seriously. And like, I watching it again with her, like, um, you know how we, we talk about this all the time is when you see it through someone else's eyes, you kind of get a, uh, a different perspective on it and stuff. And yep. Yep. So, <clears throat> the love story like between him and Grace and stuff hits is hitting a little bit harder this time. Um, just like everything that they go through. It's it's a wild ride. Uh, like yeah. I said, we just got to season two. We're into the stuff where like Tom Hardy just got introduced as his character. Oh, he's so he's good, so dude. so wild. <laughs> but it's, the, the writing is so good. I feel like all the actors are awesome in it. Also watching like the... In season one, they have an episode where Arthur Sr. is is back and he kind of take his, takes advantage of Arthur Arthur Jr.'s trust in him and, like, takes some of their money and, like, just kind of fucks off again as a, as a bad dad. And so, like, there's stuff like that that I'm like, man. I looked at my wife and I was like, well, hey, at least we know I'm never going to have a relationship like that with Dylan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, I don't know. It's a low bar. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's a... We talk about starting a crime family pretty consistently, so it's you know it's just it's a fun show to watch. It's beautiful, like the cinematography in that show. I yes. I love it. It's yes. so good. The production value is so high on it, and I mean yes. I mean that's kind of a BBC thing in general. I think I feel like BBC does a lot of stuff that's just like top tier. Like look at how cool we are and how good we. There make was stuff. a moment, and I think it was around because it happened in Doctor Who, and I think it was. Doctor Who is season five, so that would be, uh, I want to say, ten years ago, where they just flicked a switch and they decided to go from, like, camera just on a tripod, and then you just, like, move that camera, and then you move it again for the next shot, (laughs) to just these incredible, like, close-ups and just, like, atmosphere, and I don't know what it is, what they did over around that whole company but they completely changed how they shoot things and it's so it's so so good well and then like with peaky blinders like uh the uh the music that they choose with it too like because they don't they they, i mean they have a lot of like modern stuff like they have like the kills has a song in there there's a jack white song in some of the episodes but it's all got like this bluesy feel to it that's like real emotional um, to kind of just enhance the scenes more. And they do such a good job yeah. with that. And I love that. I love when you can make, make music match a scene and really help it ramp up the yeah. viewer's sense of feeling for those Take those it to scenes. another level, I yeah. I love it. But Cillian Murphy, watching him go from, like, 
these crazy highs and lows and experiencing the uh like watching him go through like the ptsd and him struggling with the emotion of people that he's uh he's killed and man it's good it's so it's so so good it's so fun to watch i'm really excited for the new season i'm really excited that they announced that they're gonna do a movie to finish it all off too it's yeah i was about to say so they're doing the six six season will be the final yeah. one and then they're gonna do a movie which i honestly i think that was a great call yeah because I think for an ending, you want to have that beginning to end punch. Yep. I didn't feel like, especially for sort of Peaky Blinders, I was like, I didn't really want to spend an entire season. I wanted it to like really fucking go. Yeah. To just like, bear, uh, what, uh, uh, foot pedal to the metal, just like go out with a bang. Yeah. And I think a movie is a better uh, use of that than like an entire season. Absolutely. Uh, Especially if they leave season six in a cliffhanger, which I'm sure they will. Yeah, that's. I mean, <laughs> season one. I always forget about how season one ends, but it's a quite the cliffhanger. Yeah, I love. I love that show. I love that show. And, and like you were saying, Cillian Murphy, his acting chops, man. I like anyone that's only seen Cillian Murphy as the Scarecrow. You're missing out on some of his best acting by not watching other things he's in because he is. Man, is he good. Um, I just looked up the showrunner because I completely uh, thought he was... I So there's another Stephen Knight. <laughs> so there's two Stephen Knights that I fucking love uh, showrunners, but one is a really old British guy and one is a really young <laughs> American dude. <laughs> the other Stephen Knight I uh, did the um, Spartacus show. Oh, yeah. Which I really, really liked. Actually, it's one of my favorites. I probably would have uh, gone into the top 20. But... Um, uh, Peaky Blinders is it's it's such a fully realized style that is so perfect for the story it's telling. Yeah, I just can't say it. It's so so yeah, it's really good. Um, I think that uh, Sam Neill, by the way, was the antagonist. He was the detective. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. Um, I think that and I think that antagonistic uh, relationship was one of the best on in any TV show Absolutely. or movie. And uh, and the the uh, story with Grace is uh, the sort of love tri- uh, triangle is probably one of the best love triangles, yeah. and it's just I mean it's heartbreaking, it's beautiful. By the way, uh, drinking game. Listen to this episode and take a shot every time we say beautiful because you would be black out by now. <laughs> uh, Inspector Campbell, I think, is yeah Samuel yeah. and right, but like his obsession <clears throat> with um, with Grace and stuff. Yes, it's. Yeah, it was. It's so I don't know. The the show's just so well done. That for me, it's one of those ones where I I think the first four seasons are absolutely fucking incredible, and I'm sort of starting to lose a little bit of the thread, which is why I'm waiting for the end. Yeah. Because like for me, I like all these things. I I I have to list things that have ends because it's really important for me that it sticks that landing. Because the first f- at least three seasons were some of the best TV I've ever watched in my entire oh, life. For sure. Uh, and then I'm starting to lose the thread a little bit, and I really want to like rewatch it. I think as a whole, when the end comes around. Yeah, well, it's it's fun seeing some of the characters they've pulled in too. You know, like when they added Tom Hardy in the second season, like he's mm-hmm. he's a great addition because his whole yeah. his whole method acting works really well for that character that he's playing. It's so dumb. he's he's such a fucking scumbag. He's nuts. Um, yeah. But and then the, the most recent season, I never remember this, the guy's name, but one of the guys from Lord of the, or not Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Uh, well, there's Adrian Brody, right? Is one of the newer ones. Oh yeah. Adrian Brody's also in the, <laughs> the newer seasons. 
No, the guy from Game of Thrones. I, I think it's the guy that plays Littlefinger. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so good. Yeah, but it's uh, Peter or something. Yeah. or Peter Baelish is his name in yeah. Game of Thrones. <laughs> it, but he's from The Wire too. He's a really good method, uh, not method actor, but really good character actor. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's such a good show. Anyone that hasn't watched it, you need to absolutely watch it. And now yeah. is the time to do it, since, like I said, it's going to be another season in the movie, and it's on Netflix. So you got that. Yeah, easy it's like access. a Netflix original, technically. Which is funny. Like anything that's BBC is Netflix original. How does that work? It's all in their licensing and stuff like that. They can call it an original if it's basically the only place you can get it in the U.S. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's. Uh, wow, we're we're gonna go a little over, but that's okay because we didn't record one last week. So, haha. Um, and we do what we want. Uh, I think you already know my number one. If you can guess it, I already talked about it. Um. But it is found. No, it's lost. <laughs> hey, terrible pun alert. Um, yeah, I mean, I've already talked about this show. I don't know what else I can expel on, but like, I think it's one of the. It, it is for me a personally beautiful. God damn it! I need to say something else. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's it's such a personal journey for me that. I watched it when it was live. I, you know, did literal viewings. Like, like, almost with 24, I had uh, a community of people around me that we would all talk about it. And we would all, we would get together and watch each episode weekly. Yeah. And it was an event. And it was really, for what I could tell, it was like that and The Sopranos were sort of the cornerstone of what is now the golden age of TV. Like, I think Lost Trailblazed a, a, a sort of a new path for t- where TV could go. And it showed everybody where what TV could be and what it could mean and what it could do. And from there, I mean, if we didn't have Lost, we wouldn't have uh, Battlestar Galactic. We wouldn't have Breaking Bad. We wouldn't have all these things. They, it really, like, set... It, it, broke, it broke standard broadcast TV records. And by, in doing so took the storytelling that you'd only see like in HBO shows like The Sopranos or, you know, pay to play. And it said, no, man, we got to raise the bar and like broadcast TV. We have to tell narrative stories. We can't right. just do uh, fucking uh, Law and Order and 11 CSI shows. <laughs> like, it's just like you have <laughs> you have that do something new and different and, and focus on character and focus on story and hook the watcher with like some mysteries, you know, like some sci-fi, like you can do all these things on broadcast TV. And it was just such a, uh, yeah, it just broke the mold. And it just, it was such a time in my life that I always remember. And I have a tattoo now because of it, because I think that, um, I, it's, it's incredibly divisive, Yeah. (laughs) which I will, I think I can do a mini light the candle on, which is like, everyone goes, Oh, they didn't answer all the mysteries. They didn't do what I wanted it to do. And I was like, that's what good art does. It doesn't do what you want it to do. It goes where it needs to go. And it just took everything that I think it promised. And then I did, I think it even did more. It answered all the mysteries it needed to answer. And in a story sense, left anything that didn't matter to sort of, forums like you just go to the internet and you'll find whatever like where do the polar bears come from well they that's what somebody always goes where do the polar bears come from they very explicitly said that they imported them used them for testing because of the way that they uh because they only exist in places where magnetic anomaly or not uh they they're attuned to the north and south poles so well as animals that because of this magnetic anomaly around the island they wanted to test them 
Use him to test, right. and that was it. Bam. But does that matter to the story? Not one fucking bit. The only thing you needed to know was they were here, or that you were attacked by a polar bear. The mystery started. What the fuck was that? To finding a, a science station where there's a polar bear corpse. Okay, done. And polar bear cages, done. Yeah. It, it, it treated the audience smarter than, like, it, it, it treated like they could follow. Right. Like, you know, you don't need to have everything spoon-fed to you. You can have some mystery. You can figure it out for yourself. And also, in the meantime, we're just going to focus on our good characters and make sure that they're served. And yes, here's the thing. It got lost, a pun intended, <laughs> uh, a little bit in the third season. And they came out and said, look, we don't know what we're doing because we don't know how many seasons we're going. We have a, we have a story to tell. We have a beginning, middle, and an end yeah. that we've already written. We just don't know when we're going to get there, how much to do. So we've started, like, literally the, the uh, ABC was going to him and going, we need 10 seasons of this. We need, <laughs> you know, as much as you guys can fucking right. uh, do. And they were like, no, man, that's not going to do it. Like, we're already filling out episodes. Yeah. Like, we're already creating filler. We can't do that. We got This is a narrative show that can't have that. We already know what we're doing. Just let us do yeah. it. So they finally broke through, told the story they wanted to tell. And I think... I think it was fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, never finished that show. Oh my gosh. Okay. I know. That's fair. Know. Why, what do you think? Why do you, why do you think that? Um, or why do you think you haven't finished it? I, honestly, I don't know. Cause I, I think yeah. I just it came out during a time where there was a lot of other stuff. Oh yeah. So I think I just never got around to actually finishing it. Cause other stuff caught my attention. Um, and I think that was part of some of the episodes where it was fillerish and stuff where it was like i don't know this isn't catching my attention anymore um yep. but no i i could i mean now now that covid's around i could i could probably watch it through no problem oh yeah so um yeah i mean here's the thing watch the first episode the, to me it's one it's a beautiful first oh god damn it it's a perfectly crafted <laughs> first episode in that like jj abrams did it and he and damon lindoff wrote it together and they crafted it to be like, this is a slice. If you don't like this, you won't like the show. If you like this, stick around for the whole thing because this is what you're going right. to get. It just goes to bananas places and then uses these incredibly abstract things to tell gorgeous stories, to tell meaningful, like heartbreaking stories. I didn't even think that they would be able to tell, like going into the last season when every all the characters sort of already developed their stories are almost kind of just already told in a way like yeah. we're just waiting to see what happens in the end um they managed to squeak out one more episode where i fucking cried and it's richard the guy who's like you never ages right. he's like however you know i'm not going to spoil it but he's like really old yeah. um and they they fucking use him to squeak out another banger of an episode in the end that is just it's such a moment that'll stick with me forever too because oh man i can't i can't think about that moment either because i'll start to cry <laughs> and and i just really i really hope that you can I, I mean emerald went through it yeah she cried yeah like it's 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 so good and it's funny to watch people get attached to different characters and, and to see who gets attached to which character especially like if you watch and like somebody gets attached to Locke and mm-hmm. he's kind of a heartbreaking story yeah. and you really want him to succeed and i mean i'm not gonna be spoilers but it's not what you think at all was it dominic monaghan's character i don't remember his name but the he was yeah charlie, charlie thank you i loved charlie he was extremely good yeah well, he's just a you, good how actor. far in did you get i'm not gonna spoil uh i don't remember how far i got in it okay, was okay never mind oh so, no 
That was another. That was another. Uh, he has a really, really heartbreaking. Well, I got to his his end. Not Penny's boat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. Um, yeah, that was an incredible moment. He asked for that moment. He said, "You know what? I actually think that he was like, I, I don't want off the show, but I think that Charlie should die." Yeah. That's what he said to the writers. He was like, "I think Charlie should die." It is sad because it's heartbreaking. It was yeah. so sad. He's yeah. such a good actor, I and it's him. and it's such a great it, the 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 writing for me is that uh, is is amazing because they take those character moments that like Charlie's dead. Mm-hmm fucking holy shit i'm like bawling but also at the same moment you're blown away because this boat that you thought was their rescue is not yeah. like it's it's a complete turning yeah. point and it's funny because i can't believe you got to the that was the end of the filler oh really the season four it just fucking takes <laughs> off like because you like yeah it literally takes off i'm not going to spoil anything but like the boat comes it's not penny's boat and suddenly there's a ton of new characters and then there's a bunch of like different maybe not flashbacks like it's so crazy like it fucking hits the gas at that moment so um interesting i hope that you can yeah i hope well, you can go back now that i've got my wife watching shows i might she i don't think she's ever seen it at all so i uh oh man could probably turn that one on and make it happen <laughs> uh i i I, 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 w- I can't wait to see what you think well you have quite a list of shows to watch i hope that I you can chew through them all and i can't wait to hear what you think about stuff and things i'm hoping i can get my, i think i can get my wife to watch lost that'll be a fun experience I think that you can too. Um, it's very uh, open for sort of mainstream audience. Right. Like, uh, like I mean, Emerald. Well, people loved it Jeez. when it came out. Yeah. Like, everyone was cool. talking about it. Yeah, the ending is a little uh, divisive. Right, um, right. But when we get there, I hope... And if you feel a different way, I would love to have a conversation about it. Oh, that. for sure. We have a Lost episode. Yeah. Sure, we'd have yeah, three listeners. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, they'll just see the title and just unsubscribe. <laughs> uh, so let's see your number one, the the finale. This show also I don't think has technically ended yet. I know they're I think they're oh, planning geez. another season, but they said they're not sure because of the mm, the climate of things in oh, this world. Oh yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine is my number yeah. one. Um, wow. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I think some of this for me just has to do with um, Andy Samberg in general. I I love Andy mm-hmm. Samberg. I think he's hilarious. I've Some of my favorite SNL stuff is Andy Samberg. Um, Hot Rod is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah. Like, I, I, Palm Springs. I, Palm Springs, a delight. I, I love what Andy Samberg does. I think his comedic timing, I think his writing, I think... Yep a lot of just the stuff that he creates is absolutely hilarious. And I think part of the package deal that comes with Andy Samberg in most things is the people that he works with. And so he, he knows how to put a group of people together that are very funny and very, uh, that play off of his humor really well. I really like Brooklyn nine, nine because it's a different version of his humor. It's not, uh, like necessarily that like vulgarity and um like super over the top humor it's a little bit more grounded because it is based in you know a little bit more real world of uh where they're dealing with crime and whatnot but it's still it's he's very silly and like 
he's it's probably his most like lovable character uh like a lovable goof yeah um i could i could agree with that but it's such a good show i, I love all the characters in it the uh terry cruz character is yeah awesome and over the top i love um the the chief oh yes yeah well chief just chief. what is <laughs> his what's the actor's name though i don't know why i'm oh I've, i you know what's right fu- you know what's funny is i watched him it's like andre yes brower yes, andre yes, brower yes, yes, yes. Because I watched him in this ridiculous uh, TV show um, about, I think it was like the last submarine that had like a nuclear weapon or something. It was like super serious and like something had happened mysteriously to all these other like nuclear weapons or something like that. But they were like cut off from the world. It was like incredibly serious. So I watched him as like this like submarine captain who barking orders and all that and then like to watch him do that to go to kind of be the same character but also not at all in brooklyn 99 was such a funny transition and i he's i think he's one of my favorite characters in brooklyn 99 because he's just he says a lot of very funny stuff but in a very monotone voice and it's just so fun to hear um the dry humor from him is is unparalleled it's it's so good well and then you get stephanie beatrice who's uh, putting on a voice that is completely yeah. different from her normal voice. And like, <laughs> uh, she's like this hard ass, which like watching her in like interviews and like on just in like yeah. social media and stuff, she's just so the opposite of what, of what her Rosa character actually is. Um, yeah. Jolo, Tr- what, Tr- how do you say it? Tr- Jolo Truglia. Yeah, he's Truglia, I believe. As Jake's best friend, perfectly cast. He's super weird and like yeah. obsessed with Jake. And I love it. I, I think it's hilarious. Um, yeah, their bromance is, is it's unique, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. I li- I just like the, yeah, I like, their I, I also think that Brooklyn nine, nine has some of just the best writing and I'd say probably the best cold opens out of any show that I've seen. And I love a good cold open. Yeah. So those are, yeah. Some of their cold opens are absolutely hilarious. Oh, I know. They, they're, uh, their cold opens are, like, iconic. Like, the one where he's... Uh, uh, Sandy Amberg is um, skating across on his socks across the entire <laughs> yeah. thing. And then he, like, lands in the elevator with uh, with the captain. Yeah. And he's just got the... And then they step out, and he's, like, got that hard face on. And he goes... Aah! And everyone screams. It's so There's, good. Like, I, yeah. think my, I think my all-time favorite cold open they oh. did is... Yeah, I have another... Uh, they're in the, like the, uh, they're in, the, they're behind the glass, and he's with, he's yes, with a oh, lady this is the one. who her someone was a victim of something, and they're yeah. trying to identify who the killer was, and yeah. uh, they have to sing part of the Backstreet Boys song "I Walk yeah. That Way," and then they go off into this whole like portion of it. <laughs> they literally like harmonize. Oh, yeah, so everybody good. like, and she goes, "That's him. That's the one that killed my brother." And he was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> he's like, "That's why we're here." Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it's just a great show all around. I like I said, there's there's just tons of good people in it too. Uh, another one that Jason Manzukis is in, he plays yes. uh, Rose's boyfriend yeah. for a while, and he's absolutely insane in it. A lot, and another of th- those shows, like I was talking about earlier, that's in the genre of like good people doing good things. They are always trying to lift each other up. They're always very su- supportive of each other. The storylines and themes are very optimistic. Yeah. Uh, but they also treat stuff with respect too, which is why I'm really curious where they come back. And we talked about this in a past episode, but um, they came out and said that they're, yeah, they're talking about what the next season would look like um, given the certain climate around VLM yeah. and, and cops and 
uh, stuff. So, but they said they were not going to just ignore it. Yeah. So I'm re- so I I'm really looking forward. I really really hope they do another season, especially now, just to see how they treat the subject and what they have to say on it. Absolutely. Because uh, I think they're really well thought out and and I think they would have something interesting and unique to say. Yeah. Well, and it's it's one of those those casts too and the writers seem to not be afraid to like talk about stuff that, that matters to them and um yep you know like the evolution of uh, rose's character into um because uh, she's by towards the right seasons and stuff and so um right. i think they do a really good job of handling you know like they go through the whole being rejected by your family because you're you're not like just a straight person you know mm-hmm. um I love that they're they're in a comedy. They're willing to tackle stuff like that and do it in a in a yeah. good manner. Um, but like I said, I mean, it's just it's a great show. It's so funny. It's they also have like the their Halloween episodes. So, you know, a lot of shows they have like their Christmas special every year. Their Halloween special is kind love of the those. thing that they do. Yeah. I love it. It's it's all great. It's a great show. Just a great just a show. great show. You should hit us up with what your favorite shows are. Uh, there's especially if it's not if it's like out there like you know if i would go google like top 50 shows of all time like you know hit us up if there if there's like something out there that you'd love to uh mention we're all about tv shows if there's something new that we haven't watched i'm always like on the lookout emerald and i are always devouring shows so um, it's kind of like yeah we're always like on the hunt and it's like i hate those nights where we kind of like sit down like we're going through our routine then we like finally sit down we're like ah, wait what the do we have anything to watch what do we watch <laughs> and then you have to like hunt for it you yeah. know so oh um, wait i'm so sorry i have to throw another honorable mention <gasps> out there oh please because i just thought of it because we're talking about comedies this is brent's number zero uh schitt's creek oh i yeah. adore schitt's Hell creek yeah. um mm-hmm. oh man I'm sorry. I just had to mention it because that one's so, that's <laughs> like talking about comedies and like that's one I could have had on my list. That's actually a show that has ended. Oh yeah, there it's you go. So good. It's your number six. Ugh. yes, it's so funny and the both the Levy Boys. That's one that grows over time yes. too. Like kind of like Parks and Rec grows over time. Yeah. Like I watched the first season and you know it's it's weirdly it was like kind of hard to get into. Like oh I, this is a little funny. Like sure I get it, but it's one of those like. Uh, tough to follow because they're bad people yeah. right so up front it's it, like a lot of people have issues with like always sunny in philadelphia i never did because i got it right off the bat but uh oh, that's that been been yeah, like, i know damn it i know I, that's the funny thing about this list i'm like i you know what maybe i'm gonna kick off uh oh man i, I i'm probably gonna kick off like you're the worst or futurama and replace that with always sunny because i know that shit, should be dude. on my list too it's like it's so good it's just, so funny just for the pure uh, rewatchability of Oh, absolutely. You can literally just rewatch any episode and it almost never gets old. It's so, well, and it's, so it's satisfying because it's bad things happening to bad people. <laughs> it's like That's right. Nothing. That's the other thing too, is they do that really well. They, it's, it's the exact, uh, it's not the exact opposite. It's more like the converse almost yeah. of like Mike Schur TV shows, mm-hmm. which is good people doing good things. It's bad people doing bad things. And then also bad things happen yes. to them. It's just such a reverse, but I, and I love that because they're so, they're also very woke people yeah. as writers and actors. Um, they're also just extremely funny to the point where the, like a lot of their first episodes were mostly improv. They were sketch. Yeah. It was funny. They actually wrote them as sketch scenes, 
like the Charlie has cancer yeah. episode, yeah. like one of the shows, like the entire show basically is around because they wrote an episode of a dude wanting to come in and, and somebody wants to tell him they have cancer and the other dude just wants to get out of there as fast as possible. Like that's a funny scene, yeah. right? So then they just ran with that ball and yeah. They've done I'm, so I'm many good episodes. Show. Like I, I am now that we just mentioned always sunny, I am shocked that neither one of us had it on our list. I because know it's what the so f- good. I, literally I'm kicking something off. It's in well, my and they, like they uh, have so many, like there's so many seasons of it now, but it's like every yeah. episode. Well, maybe not every episode, but almost every episode is so funny. Like they have a like 90, 95% bat oh, rate. Yeah. Like there's a couple clunkers out there for yeah. sure. That's fine. But if you randomly click on any episode, it's a 90% chance it's a good one. You'll have fun. The other thing, too, is they just got renewed, and they're now going to be the longest-running live-action show of all time. I'm so excited. Well, besides Gunsmoke. They might be number two. Yeah, Gunsmoke was, like, on for, like, 20 years. But, yeah, they're they're setting records, and... It's going to be like, oh, it's the most amount of seasons at, at the very least. Interesting. How many, wait, how many seasons do they yeah. have? Fuck, I don't know, like 13, I think, and they got renewed. Oh, they have 14 currently. That's crazy. And I at least got uh, renewed through 15, possibly two more, I think. It's another one where just like the entire cast makes it too. Like, yep. I, I love everyone in that show. Like, <laughs> And they casted so well. D. Reynolds, uh, they didn't know her. She was the only one. They really like cast it outside yep. up front and they fucking nailed it. She's perfect like, for it. To the point where the uh, Rob McElroy, uh, McElhenney mm-hmm. and her got married because yeah. they're so good yeah. together. Um, well, it's also funny so watching that and being like, oh, they're married. Um, and Charlie Day yeah. and the waitress uh, are married as yes. well. And it's I love their dynamic. I, Glenn Howerton. Oh, and Dennis Reynolds. Uh, Glenn Howerton, mm-hmm. his wife showed up as the uh, woman that he was dennising in that episode. Oh, no way. The Dennis. That's his wife. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I yeah. I love Glenn Howerton. And I, I think after watching that, yes. I just have a, a, an even bigger appreciation for him because he's so funny and he plays that. He plays the Dennis character so well and like so yeah. weird and creepy. Yeah. Um, the, I think the boat episode, the one where he's like. The, I, it's the implication. It's just yeah. like, it's so... Uh, it's iconic. It's so yeah. The He, Glenn Howerton, I think I mentioned this before, but Glenn Howerton, it was between him and Chris Pratt for Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, really? Like, it was down to him. Yeah, it was down to both of them, and Chris Pratt right. got it. In I would just absolutely adore... I would spend 20, 30 bucks. I'd probably spend, fuck it, I'd spend $100 just to see the, the, Glenn the alternate, re, yeah, alternate reality version of Guardians of the Galaxy with Glenn That'd Howard. That'd be amazing. So on that ridiculous note where our top five wasn't really our top five. I think it was way <laughs> too hard to do a top five list. Way too hard. <laughs> well, thanks so much for hanging out there without a week without us, or in a week without us. Um, uh, we really appreciate all the support we've always gotten. We've gotten a lot of uh, tweets lately, and that's phenomenal. Keep it up. Uh, send us some challenges. Send us some ads, some light uh, candle challenges. We love any audience uh, suggestions for anything. Absolutely. So give us a shout out at pop underscore to mystic. And if you, uh, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, um, please like subscribe all that dumb nonsense that we have to tag <laughs> it with at the end of episodes. Cause it really does help. Like weirdly enough, people don't understand. Like it does actually like it, podcasts just don't show up if they're not yeah. subscribed and shared. Like it's just how the algorithms work. So we appreciate any support we get and thank you so thank much. You Sorry for a long yes. episode, but we also hope you enjoyed it.
Yeah, share us with your friends. Share us with your enemies. Um, share us with your frenemies. Yeah, share us with the people that deserve it the most. Take that how yeah. you will. <laughs> yeah. If you hate this podcast, remember. <laughs> Use it like a grenade yep. on somebody that you really uh, <laughs> dislike, passively, aggressively yep. hate. Um, and with that, thank you so much, guys. Have a great week. We will see you soon. Yeah. Love, Love you. you. Bye. Bye.